Welcome to Bench Talk. My name is Sharon Kosi. This is a podcast that is carried by Dr. Dixon Chibanda from Friendship Bench. I hope you enjoy. This is going to be an exciting journey learning about all the topics and subtopics on mental health. Empathy is the ability that we all inherently possess to make people feel respected and understood. So in a very simple um, you know, way, that is what empathy is. And that's why it's, it's important in our interaction um, with one another, you know, be it through the friendship bench or in our families, in our communities. Because when we convey empathy, we inherently create a sense of belonging through, through empathy. Mm. So if you look at the overall arch of your life, what role has empathy played and what insights have you learned along the way for us? Empathy, I guess during my formative years, I, I wasn't aware of the role empathy was playing in my life. It was only later on, uh, I guess when I was at medical school, when I began to understand the value of uh, of empathy, you know, through my interaction with um, with friends and also just being away from home. You know, I was um, in Europe for a very long time. Um, but I think when I look back at my, you know, my childhood, my parents divorced when I was pretty young. I must have been ten years old when uh, when my parents uh, divorced, and I never quite understood what was what was happening during the whole process, during the whole divorce proceedings, you know, uh, until now, I really have no clue why they divorced. I guess it's, it's secondary now, but at the time when you're going through a crisis as a child, you, you begin to, to value people who, um, show empathy, you know, who, who, who express empathy towards you, you know, because when you're going through that kind of um, disruption in your life, like a divorce, you, your behavior changes. You sometimes become very aggressive. You, you perform badly at school. Um, you, you just interact in a very negative way with family members, with friends. And I guess when you're going through that, when everybody describes you as being naughty and you have people who actually can see what you're, what you're going through, people who understand what you're going through and people who respect your behavior, that, that is empathy. And that, I guess I would say was some of my earlier interactions with, um, with empathy as, uh, as, as a healing, as a tool for healing, you know, which can be used, uh, outside of therapy, you know, just in our interactions, so I guess to answer that question, um, empathy has played a huge role in my life. You know, I like to look at my parents now that I'm older and both my parents are still alive, which is great. So I'm blessed. You know, I like to look at each one of them and ask myself, despite all the challenges, what have I learned from each of my parents? You know, um, and from from my father, I would say I've I've learned about compassion and empathy. 
And from my mother, I think I've learned a lot more about about resilience, you know, about, you know, really never having to give up. And I think the combination of those two, you know, being resilient and also receiving um, that compassion and empathy from 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 your father, you know, um, has contributed to me valuing empathy um, in pretty much most of my interactions, you know, whether it's with Friendship Bench or people that I work with at Friendship Bench or, um, you know, the grandmothers, you know, yeah. Mm. That's absolutely just amazing that you found so many offshoots of or from empathy, even through the difficult times of growing up with your family. Um, and I remember reading, or you were telling a story that one point when you were in medics, medical school and you weren't I think you were busy trying to decide what you wanted to do I don't think you knew from the beginning that you wanted to be a psychiatrist um, and in your time dealing with people in sort of hospital settings and suddenly being out of like almost a classroom with textbooks did empathy play a role there it did um it did it did play a major role but i'll tell you one other reason why i eventually decided to do psychiatry you know for a long time when i was at medical school uh, my focus was either internal medicine you know being a physician or dermatology i was just in love with dermatology um, and i when i look back i think i was in love with dermatology because the um the dermatology uh, professor uh, was a very kind man and, and the whole team in that department seemed to care a lot about relationships. They, you know, they would invite us for tea and give us cakes and just create this sense of, as a, again, belonging, you know, mm -hmm. and then you, you begin to like that, you know, not so much because dermatology is cool, but because the people doing dermatology are are cool, you know, but the psychiatry, actually the, the seed I would say for psychiatry was planted after the death of Zach. Zach, I, I, I think I haven't spoken much about Zach. Zach was someone who we were at school with at medical school and um, he was a, a jovial, very uh, cheerful chap, always, you know, um, always um, there for people you know, um, and, and, and one day we, we heard that Zach had taken his own life. You know, he jumped from, I think, the 12th story, the 12th floor of a, of a building. We, we, we were all totally shocked, you know, and mm. the death of Zach got me thinking, you know, and I think that's when, I don't know, I guess the, the initial little seed was planted when I started thinking of, you know, what possibly could have gone wrong in, in Zach's uh, life when he was so happy. And, and that's when I began to realize that, you know, the way people present themselves does not necessarily reflect what they are experiencing internally. There are a lot of people who have this facade of happiness and yet internally they are dying, you know, and, and that ability to read and, and just see what is inside a person is something that I have over the years as a psychiatrist, I think, um, 
I wouldn't say mastered. One is always learning, but uh, it's it's something that I pick up very easily, particularly the nonverbal cues uh, with people. They help you to understand what people are going through um, in, internally. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I have a, a bit of an interesting perspective on what you just shared about, you know, picking up those cues as a psychiatrist. In my experience, I've come across quite a few of them and often they're very clinical in their approach and unfortunately the role of empathy isn't filled so how do you think you've managed to continuously practice your your work and in this in this case I'd, I'd go as far as calling it your craft um while also showing empathy because psychiatry is what we often scared of yeah i get you yeah indeed a lot of people are afraid of psychiatry because um as psychiatrists we are predominant we are medical doctors you know psychiatrists are medical doctors they are primarily trained to make a diagnosis and prescribe medication mm -hmm. um but there's a new school of thought, particularly when you think of global mental health and the role of psychiatrists, you know, in, uh, in narrowing the treatment gap for, you know, mental, neurological and substance use disorders. There's, uh, there's a great interest, um, you know, in the past few decades in, in talk therapy. Uh, so talk therapy delivered by psychiatrists or psychiatrists, um, leveraging talk therapy as a tool uh, and very often you will find um, psychiatrists uh, using both of course the easiest thing to do in any situation is to give a tablet you know the consultation is short you know uh, and you can see quite a lot of people if you're simply making a diagnosis and giving medication but i mm -hmm. think you know, because I've always valued the relationship that I have with my clients or my patients. Well, at least I try, you know. And when you yeah. do that, you want to know who they are, what they're going through. You want to understand their story. And as you begin to get into their story, very often you realize that um, it's not just about medication. Oftentimes, the challenges that people face can be resolved um, without, without, without medication, you know, and, and, and so over the years, uh, for instance, you know, when I was at medical school, because I, I was, I think I consider myself to be quite lucky in terms of the people that I, uh, that I've crossed my path over the years or that I have interacted with. Um, when I was at medical school, I had, um, a very close friend. We are still close friends. We still interact. His name was, his name is Borek. Um, mm -hmm. he is Czech and Boric, um, has practiced, um, yoga, uh, and meditation for years since he was a child. And he spent years in India, in the mountains with his guru, you know, and, and, and I met this man uh, on a day when I was really having uh, a, a miserable, uh, miserable day. It was cold, gloomy, snow everywhere, and it's dark, and I have to go to classes, 
and I'm waiting for the, uh, for the train to go to class. And then this man, this stranger with a beard walks up to me and he says, hi, uh, my name is Borek. And I'm like, you're a weirdo. You're a weirdo. You know, that was my, <laughs> that was my sort of knee jerk response. And he started yeah. talking to me, you know, and, and there was something about him, you know, that just made me relax. And ever since then, we, we have been friends for more than 20 years now, and we communicate. And he, he's big into yoga and meditation, and he's also very big into um, the use of, um, of Tantra to help you become better. A lot of people, when they think of Tantra, they automatically think of sex, you know. Tantra yeah. is a lot more than, uh, than sex. You know, Tantra is really like a way of life, you know, where it builds you and you become uh, a better person. And Boric is the, the expert in, uh, in, uh, in Tantra and yoga and meditation. So I think if I, if I would um, identify a person in my life that has been the most empathic outside of family, it's, uh, it's Boric, you know, and because uh, I still value his opinion. I still, you know, communicate with him. Um, yeah. I don't know why I went off on a tangent on that one, but yeah. <laughs> that was wonderful. That's, that's part of the, the human side that I guess a lot of people search for in a psychiatrist. And it's, you know, good to see that not all psychiatrists are robotic you have lives outside of medicine. Yeah. Mm. I think just to end off on this little series of empathy, our last question would be, how can we build more empathic communities? Um, how can we incorporate more empathy into our daily lives? That's a great question. Empathy, like any, any sort of um, art, or I don't want to use the word religion, you know, um, it requires practice. It requires, it requires being in the present, in the now. You know, you cannot be empathic if you are in the future. You can only be empathic if you are in the now, in the present. And so the more we spend time in the present, acknowledging the present as it is and um, cherishing the present and all the different um, elements that make up the present, the more empathic we can become. Because mm -hmm. if you're not in the present, you will not be able to understand another human being or respect another human being because you are already seeing ahead before that human being you know interacts with you so i think one simple tool is to to strive to be in the present moment uh, and of course that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people and that's where you know i often talk about anchors when you have anchors, you know, like for instance, one of my great anchors is, is exercising. When I am doing Tai Chi or karate or even running, I am rooted in the present. 
And you know, when you when you when you sort of run or you you do something that you truly enjoy, um, that presence lingers on, you know, for hours, you know. Mm. And when you identify or you feel your, you know, sort of um, going off track and not being in the present, as long as you have those anchors, it's easy to go back. You know, it's always easy to go back to those um, to those anchors. So I think learning to be empathic is all about being in the present because when you're in the present not only are you empathic but you also are compassionate you know you you can you can share you can show compassion to to other other human beings mm. absolutely well thank you for that anchors explanation i think it's wonderful because they're tools we can all use in our everyday life um and that are free and accessible for everyone so that's great